Coastal Carolina and BYU. It is on for Saturday. 3.30 ESPNU right now is the plan. How about that, man? We can tell you to join the big show Friday from 2 to 6 at the warehouse at 1825 South, 300 West in Salt Lake City. Price is so low, it'll blow your mind. Boom! Boom is what we're expecting from my guy Brian Keel. Brian Keel is always, he's a big boomer. He's got booms left and right. Brian, good morning. What's your first reaction? Coastal Carolina, BYU. Oh, man, it's all smiles in the Keel home this morning. <laughs> good for you. Now, you're a football guy, man. Just the idea, I think, that for BYU playing a game, I think they needed a game because, you know, they had a game a couple of weeks ago, but the starters, they didn't barely even play, right? They're out by halftime. So you really even, you can't count that as a game. And offense, maybe not so much you're a defensive guy. Maybe it's different. Correct me if I'm wrong. But offense needs to be fine-tuned. And I didn't know that you could afford to have a keep the fine-tuning of your offense by basically being off three weeks. No, it's not good. I mean, you look <clears throat> look at the NFL. A lot of times you'll see uh, teams that have the, the buy in the playoffs. They play poorly. Sometimes they lose that game, and, you know, they're a one or two seed. Um, being off for specific positions, like you said, you know, quarterback, receiver, timing, all that stuff, it um, it's tough. It, it, you know, it, it, it throws things out of whack. And being off for, for three weeks is, I mean, yeah, nobody wants that. So they, you're exactly right. They needed a game. They needed any game. And above and beyond that, this is a fantastic game, undefeated opponent in the top 20. Um, it's going to be, I mean, this is exactly what BYU needed, exactly what the doctor ordered. Yeah, and then you throw in game day is going to be there, and that's still a big deal. You know, it won't have the quite the pageantry with the COVID situation that it's had. We've seen it. They've been to Utah multiple times. They've been down to BYU. Anytime they come to your city, plus a city like Conway, South Carolina, off the path, I mean, to me, that just adds to the excitement. And the thing about Coastal Carolina is they're sort of in the same boat as BYU. They don't have the past that BYU has and all the individual awards and the great seasons. But here recently, you know, they've only moved, they moved up to this level just uh, three years ago. They're coming off two five and seven seasons. They're picked last in not just the conference, but in their division. So they couldn't even get any respect in the Sun Belt East. So you got BYU and uh, not getting the respect in the polls. In terms of chip on your shoulder, they ought to call this the chip on your shoulder bowl. <laughs> Seriously, it, you're going to have two hungry teams. That's why it's such a good matchup. And like you said, you throw in game day, which is just a fun, unique experience. And it just uh, it's a great recipe. Um, I couldn't be more pleased with the administrations of both schools of uh, – working this out and I mean it's just a huge boon for for them and it's it's just absolutely essential. It's just what we needed. Um you know obviously the the playoff committee doesn't respect our schedule and I don't you know I I, I don't respect our schedule. Our schedule is weak, but I respect our win loss record and that speaks for itself. So um we're absolutely ranked too low right now. So we needed this game um and we need to get a, a win against a quality team and you don't get us bumped back up into the top 10 where we belong. And you take a look at this team, Coastal Carolina. I saw a play earlier in the season, uh, Kansas, because at that point there wasn't a lot of games that were being broadcast, weren't a lot of games on television. 
I don't think the Pac-12 and Mountain West, I mean, Big Ten had decided they were going to come back. So figured, all right, I better take what I can get. So, you know, they look good. But my thought for you is that you, you play in the NFL, and not everybody from the NFL is from Ohio State and uh, Alabama and the like. And there are NFL guys. I don't know if they're NFL guys. I haven't studied that that good enough here. I just look at their stats. They've got impressive stats. But can you speak to the quality of football that is played off the beaten path? Because we see a number of guys all the time make it to the NFL from these places that aren't considered blue-bud powerhouses. Yeah, every every team I was on, um, you know, there's a good portion of the roster with players that come from lower tier schools. And there's a, a handful of players that come from schools you haven't even heard of. And, you know, some of these guys are just scraping by and just barely in the league. Some of these guys are dominant, absolute studs. And they came from, you know, Bo Diddley Tech. Mm-hmm. Um, and in, recruiting is, is not a, a science, you know, it's an art and, People miss all the time. People get overlooked all the time. And every school in the country that fields a football team has some dudes on it. You know, the, di- the difference is Ohio State's got a lot of dudes. Yeah. Alabama is just has a roster full of dudes. Um, but, you know, you take a team like Coastal Carolina, you take teams from, from the Sun Belt and from the other Power Five, or excuse me, G5 conferences, and they got dudes too. They have guys that will go, They you know, they put guys in the NFL every year and um, there, there, I think there's as much parity in college football right now as there's ever been. And that makes the game just all around better. And, and that's why the, the bull, the, the college football committee is pulling. It just makes it that much more ridiculous. You look at every other sport and, you know, there's a true playoff. There's a chance, there's a place at the table, an opportunity. If you're legit, if you're good, you just got to win games. And things will take care of itself. Nope, not college football. It's not how we operate. I mean, it's, yeah. it's ridiculous. It's absolutely a joke. <laughs> Former BYU and NFL linebacker. And let's not forget Brighton Bengal, Brian Keel joining us. As I look at this situation for the Cougars, man, now they're in the spotlight because I don't know if it's inadvertently or indirectly, they've been getting a lot of run since the poll, the first poll came out not this week but last week so we're well over uh over a week coming up on 10 11 days now people have been talking about byu and this game it's so funky you know because schedules are made 10 years in advance and we heard that line and now they're being made two days in advance so this is the talk of college football that they got this game so it's exciting but as a part of that it puts a lot of pressure on byu to win how do you think they handle it? How would you handle pressure in this situation? Because you're going to have a lot of eyes on this game that may not be watching literally the game, but they're going to be following the result of the game. Unprecedented times here in 2020. I mean, it's just it's just weird. It's just so different. Like you said, 10 years in advance versus two days in advance. I can't even imagine getting a game scheduled and finding out on Wednesday night or Thursday morning who we're playing on Saturday. I mean, it's just crazy. Um, that being said, you know, be adaptable. And that's, this is the year, uh, you've got to be adaptable this year. That's not just football, but in everything in life, because life is throwing us some curveballs in 2020. And as, as human beings, we gotta, 
we got to be able to adapt. And so in terms of pressure, this is it, man. I mean, this is, this is the biggest game BYU's had at least in 20 years. Um, and you know, maybe, maybe more. I mean, this is, this game is just, it's monumental. This is, this is so huge for us and for our program and for us to get, you know, we, we're, you're exactly right. We are on the national stage and it's been a while since we've been on the national stage. It's nice to be there, but with that, you got to go, got to go put up. So we, we've, um, we've talked a big talk and, um, which I love it. And so now it's time to go show it against the nationally ranked team. That's they're not a, a perennial powerhouse program, but they're a good football team. They have, some good wins on their, their schedule and they're undefeated. And so this is, I mean, this is it. This is, this is a huge game, biggest game, at least in 20 years. I want to read you some stats by the quarterback, Grayson McCall, and tell me what you think this means from a defensive perspective. A couple of things jump out at me. Touchdown passes, 20. Interceptions, only one. Sacked seven times. So that's less than once a game. From a defensive perspective, what do those numbers say to you? That tells me the quarterback's efficient, and the fact that he only has one pick is a huge uh, contributor to their win-loss record. You, you, if you don't turn the ball over, you're, you put yourself in a really, really good position to, to win a game. And so the fact that they're undefeated and have low turnovers, that really um, goes, goes together. And then the low sack numbers, that means he's efficient, get the ball out quick, um, drives don't stall. You know, when you, when you get a sack in a drive, it, you know, it really, really throws a wrench in that drive having, you know, any level of success. Um, I mean, if you think about it, you get a sack on first down, now you got second and 15 instead of second and five. If you, you get a sack on, on second down, now you got to face third and long. If you get a sack on third down, you're off the field. I mean, sacks are huge. And so, um, you know, the fact he hasn't been sacked much, he's efficient, sounds like he's a really good quarterback. I haven't seen them play, um, but, you know, that's just the, the cursory scouting report. So, Brian Keel joining us, what type of defense do you think you would employ off the top of your head? Yeah, so, I mean, BYU's, um, they've kind of had a mix this year of, of what they've been doing the last several years with the three-man rush and, and dropping eight, and they've, they, they still do that this year, but not as much as they've done it in years past. And I like it more when we rush four. I think um, drop eight has its place, but um, I, I think we use it more than we should. Um, so what, <clears throat> what they will use in this game, um, to me, if you have an efficient quarterback like that, I think that is a less uh, of an attractive defense because um, when you have an experienced quarterback, if you give him time, you can't cover forever. And if you, so, you know, you give an experienced quarterback time, he's going to find an open guy and he's going to get the ball to him. And so, you know, to me, when you have a better quarterback, you have to put pressure on him. You have to make him uncomfortable. You have to move him off his spot. And, and so, you know, if I was the defensive coordinator, which I am not, I would, uh, I would mix some pressure in there, more pressure, um, different looks. I would switch it up. You know, I would fake, you know, make it look like we're bringing the house and then, you know, have guys drop out, um, you know, just mix, mix the looks up. And, and the, the biggest thing you want to do is make the quarterback uncomfortable. Also, too, offensively from the receiving standpoint, they've got five guys averaging at least 14 yards of reception. They got one dude with 41 catches. 
and then a bunch of guys in the teens or 20s, and they're tight end who's got 17 receptions. But on the 17 receptions, he's averaging 25 yards per reception. And so it looks like they're spreading the ball around. What type of challenge does that present? Yeah, that, I mean, that is, those are chunks, man. Um, that's, those are big numbers. That's impressive. Um, that means they're, moved, they're throwing the ball down the field. Um, and I, what I would wonder, I wonder what, I, like I said, I haven't seen him play, so I wonder what kind of offense, you know, if it's more play action or if it's drop back. If it's play action, you know, you'll see, you'll see numbers like that. It's not as surprising, but to, to get big chunks like that and drop back is really impressive. Um, but what that means is as a defense, you know, you got to be aware of that. And um, in, in terms of, you know, getting off the field and, and, and keeping the points low, you don't, you can't give up the big ones. And that's, you know, BYU has been pretty good at that this year, um, making them deke and dunk and then make them make a mistake. And usually they do and you get off the field. And so um, that's the, the formula is, you know, keep guys in front of you and don't, you don't give up the big chunk plays. Did you see Urban Meyer last Saturday on the Fox pregame show really going to bat for BYU? I didn't. I didn't see that one, but I have heard him um, both on TV and on Twitter, and I've seen. You know, he's been he's been a, a good ambassador, and you know, it's, he's obviously knows what he's talking about and has as much credibility as anybody in the game, and and that's where it's just so laughable what the college football committee has done. Um, you know, it's just, it's just, it literally, it's just laughable when you look at what the AP has, you look at the coaches pool, you look at anybody with eyes to see, and they have a certain idea. And then all of a sudden the, the committee comes out with this ranking that's just not even, I mean, just completely different. And it just, like I said, it's laughable. So I, I appreciate Urban and, and that helps us out when guys with credibility like him, um, when they stick, stick up for us, it, it helps us out. Brian Keel joining us, former BYU NFL linebacker. So put yourself in the shoes of Kalani Sataki. The poll now, you know, you went from 14, and you didn't play uh, this past week, so you really couldn't expect a big bump, and you moved up just once. You're basically the same for the two polls that have come out. If you're the coach, football's an emotional game. How much do you bring that up, or do you just let it speak on its own? Yeah, so, I mean, every coach is different. You know, like Bronco was not the type to um, to care what the media thought. You know, he was very, <laughs> very forward about that. Um, and, and you know, his, his was more of a thing about in-house, you know, keep it in-house and what we care about and what we think about each other. That that was his, how he operated. Kalani's obviously a very different coach. Um, and I don't know, you know, I'm not in the locker room, so I don't know exactly – you know, how he has treated this attention that they're getting and, and all the, the publicity. So I don't, I don't know, I don't know firsthand, but I do know Kalani and I know his personality and I know he's the type that he does not shy away from things. And that's where, you know, he had some comments about people insinuating that he was scared to play somebody. And he was, you know, he took offense to that and, and rightly so. Cause he's like, Hey, we've been trying to play football this whole season. When everybody else was ready to pack it in, we we're on the phone, you know, looking, scrounging, searching, looking for, for games. And, he, you know, we've been committed this whole time and we're ready to play. That's his, his personality and it has spilled over to the team this year. Um, just a mindset of, of we're not afraid and we don't back down. And, you know, you look at that, that ranking and to me that's disrespectful. 
And that's how, that's how I would look at it as a player and as a coach. And I hope that the, the players, that they, they feel that disrespect because that's exactly what it is. The, the pollsters in the college football p- p- committee do not respect what BYU has done this year. And the, you know, as a competitor, you know, what I, when, when I get disrespected, I'm going to change that. And so that's the mindset I would have. And I hope the team has that same mindset and just comes out like cage tigers uh, or cage cougars. There we go. Okay. Saturday. (laughs) So Saturday afternoon, three 30 is the game time ESPNU right now. Uh, Are you going to be Christmas shopping at that time? Or what are you going to be doing that at that time? No, I'll be, I will be glued (laughs) to my TV. Um, I, you know, I love, I've, I've been a fan of BYU since I was five years old. Um, I just, I love watching them play and, and I love the fall. I love, I just, I love football. I love, I love all the things that are going on. And <clears throat> when your team's not playing, it's a boring weekend and there's been some boring weekends. And so it's just, I'm excited just to have a game and I've always looked forward to watching them play. And, and that's a given now, now I'll throw in that it's game day, that they're undefeated. They're playing an undefeated team. I went, when's the last time? BYU played an undefeated team while they were undefeated in the month of December. I mean, you stat people, you answer me that. Like, I don't, I don't know if that ever even happened. I mean, this game is just monumental. It just, I couldn't be more excited. So you are a Cougar alum, and you're one of the, uh, you know, more well-known, your local guy, obviously. Uh, how much you interact with other Cougar, former Cougar teammates that feel the same way like you do about this game? Yeah, just- so we um, – there's like this, this text thread of guys that I played with. There's maybe 10 guys on this text thread. And on any given day, there's upwards of a hundred texts that transpire on this text thread. I mean, it just, it's like a message board. It just lights up with all these guys and arguments and opinions and debates and everything. And, um, you know, Harvey, Harvey Unga is on the text thread. Who's obviously on the staff down there. Um, Big Soto's on the on the text thread. Who's on staff at USC? So there's coaches on the text thread. Um, but anyway, so yeah, I mean, we talk every single day, and we've been talking about this. And we've been talking we've talked about everything, and and there's you know it's just a different, it's a whole variety of of um, of opinions and personalities, and I mean, just in terms of that text thread, everybody is just pumped through the roof, just like me, and just can't wait. Super excited. Cool, Brian. Thanks for joining us. We'll talk to you next week, okay? Yep, thank you. Have a good one.